Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kim. Today with me is Tom Riach. He is all the way from Brazil and he calls himself the king of networking. So there's various topics that Tom can talk about like personal branding, the difference between being obsolete and old, networking, and all of those good things. But before I jump into the segment of networking and all its important qualities that networking has and can bring about whenever you do it effectively and efficiently and you take away the WIFA method, which is what's in it for me, but think about what's in it for we, because it's both of us exchanging ideas, meeting each other, and et cetera. And that's how you effectively network. But since I'm not the king of networking, I'm going to turn it over to Tom. Tom, welcome to the podcast. Please share a little bit more about who you are and the incredible things you have going on. Well, thank you, Genesis. And I agree with you that it's the we. And I may be the king, but you're probably the queen. Uh, because, or maybe the princess, I don't know, wait, but, uh, what I do want to say up front that, uh, networking is really not about me. Uh, and then what we do and my, one of my goals in networking is to create allies. And most people basically think of networking as I need a job or I need a client and they're both important, but there's a whole lot to that. Uh, so my story, just a quick version I'm an American. I live in Brazil. I've been here for 50 years. Uh, so I, I actually came down through persons that I knew at my university in the States who came on a student exchange program. And it was, that's been my life. One person leads to another person leads to another person. And that's been where I am and how I've gotten here talking to you. Uh, because it's always through people. Uh, even though some people have companies or work for companies, what have you. But the, what I found in my whole life is uh, every step that we take, we meet people. We should meet people. Uh, and if we do meet those people, uh, it's not a secret. We should register something so we can remember those people. And those people certainly uh, could be an ally. And the secret, again, to networking is being remembered, right? Sometimes we remember somebody, maybe a schoolmate, uh, maybe somebody we worked with or have seen for coffee some time ago. We remember we can't find them, right? You've probably been there and our listeners have probably been there. Gee, where's Mary? And you can't find her. And maybe it's Mary Smith. And there are billions of Mary Smiths. So it's sometimes difficult to find that person. So the first thing is remember who you meet and have them remember you. And it's not, you know, uh, coming forward so that they, but you have to feed things to people over time. Because many times I meet people, I may forget them. But if I'm in contact and I maintain that contact over time or find out who they are, where they are, and register that some way, then when I do need this, I says, do you know somebody who has written a book and lives in Texas? Well, now I do. But maybe 15 minutes ago, I didn't, right? So these are the little things that we have to develop to, to remember. Because many persons, unfortunately, when they go into a what is called a networking situation, meeting somebody, 
it's all about them. It's all about talking, about wanting to sell either their product, their service, or themselves. There's nothing wrong with selling yourself. Uh, we do need to do that. But what I want to do is to hear about the other person, who that person is, what does that person do, uh, what are the things that equate that can be similar to my own views, could be different, but I do need to know that. Uh, and those are just the mental registries that I, that I make, but I also have to register it someplace else. Because when we talk about uh, being obsolete and uh, not being old, when I was 52, I was fired a job. I'd been an executive, been involved in all kinds of different businesses, but there came the day. Uh, it's not when they said, hey, Tom, you're too old, because nobody ever says that, right? He says we're going through upsizing, downsizing, right-sizing, oversizing, but uh, unfortunately, and that's the unfortunately, we need to let you go and all those things. And that's where I discovered that, well, I was pretty close to becoming obsolete. Because up until that time, I had a uh, very successful professional life through networking had always progressed one job to another doing different things but that was the wake-up call you know, hey where am I and what do I need to do I so like that, that. Was, that was the challenge of maybe I am obsolete I like that you shared that Tom because it's relevant and when you were saying about networking and you really want to get to know that person what they're doing and then as you're getting to feel that person out you're making these mental registries in your head so you could connect with them on a deeper level so would you agree first impressions are lasting impressions and would you also agree with the statement that um, there's a statement that says you know Sometimes we may not remember exactly that person, but we remember how they made us feel in that particular situation. No, I agree totally. And that's part of the first impression. And that first impression, many, some people say, you know, it's like five seconds is that first impression of seeing somebody or talking, how they were the smile. The best personal reaction anybody could have, I think, is a smile. Just a little, a little smile, a little smile, big smile. Uh, it can go a long way in, re in remembering who that person was. Certainly, if you don't smile, they may remember that as well. Uh, so it's that uh, of, of just enjoying being present with people. Because we're in a people environment. The whole thing's about people. Many companies, you know, they put that up on their banner. Our, our major asset is our people. But they don't always live that. They say that. Exactly. But, uh, but people are individuals. You know, there are 8 billion people in this world almost. And they're each unique. They're different. They're not just thrown in a bag. And so, you know, it's who are these people uh, that either work for us or that we share or, or that we sell to uh, our, our customers, our consumers, our people. And each one's different. So it's how you individualize that. And that's really what I learned in my life. It's full of people, but they're all different. I have never, ever met two people who are the same. And until today. So we just have to register that. Well, everybody you meet is going to be different. And that is facts. And that's why 
every person has to embrace their own uniqueness and see themselves as a masterpiece and know that you weren't created to be like your peer. You weren't created to be like your brother or your sister, your aunt or uncle, your mother or your father. You were uniquely created to be you. And when you really know who you are and whose you are, you won't be swayed by the things you see on social media, what your family members think, what your friends say, or et cetera, because you are secure in knowing you and you know you at your core what are your values what are your characteristics what makes you tick what makes you smile and all of those incredible things and before we go a little bit deeper in this um, conversation Tom I want to dial back to your past life because you mentioned that you're originally from the U.S. and you've been living in Brazil for 50 years so that's amazing obviously you lo- you loved it enough to stay for 50 years which is impressive so um, what actually made you go there besides the student exchange program and not only did it make you go there what made you stay in brazil uh well (laughs) two long answers but very quickly what made me come uh, was at the point i just finished university i was starting postgraduate study i I had never been anywhere in my life to any extent i've never traveled had never been on an airplane Wow. <laughs> I had never been on an airplane. Seriously? So we're talking about seriously. So I'm talking when I when I, I graduated from Bowling Green State University in 1969. So most of our audience that re- remembers that maybe from History Channel, right? That's not up to date information. But at that time, I had worked, I'd worked my way through school, I graduated, I was teaching there. Uh, and I met a group of Brazilians who came to my university. That was the other part of that exchange. So it was through that they showed me things about Brazil and magazines and stuff. And that did open my mind that there's a world out there. Because up until then, my world was uh, where I was born in Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. It was Ohio. It was Bowling Green. And that was the extent of my world. It was studying. It was working to get through school. So that was it. That exchange opened me up to something. There's something out there. And so the Americans at my university who came also helped me understand that. They were going on an exchange. They came back. And it was actually my American girlfriend on her way back that presented me to this group of Brazilians. And I had a car, so I drive them around. And that, so that's what I would say excited me because it showed me something that I didn't know anything about. So we talk about today the global world or multicultural situations that started there. And one of the professors who was the mentor, he says, why don't you go to Brazil and teach? Because I was a teacher of industrial education in the United States. And like most 20-year-olds who don't know anything, I said, why not? So said, everything's easy. I said, well, I don't, you know, I can't speak English. No, but everybody speaks English. Everything's easy. You can go there. You teach industrial education. And my university had an, this exchange program. Uh, so the idea was that I would come here and teach industrial that didn't even exist. So I sold what little I had, got my one-way ticket, and came. So that's also the, the enlightening part. Sometimes we have to do things just to do it. Because you can only learn from doing things you haven't done. So experiences, whether they're good or bad, if you have success or failure, you have to bring them together. 
And then what I say, you have to put them in your, your, your baggage. That's our life. So we put that in, we're going to carry that around. And obviously when I came, it was cultural shock. Uh, I couldn't speak the language. Everybody speaks Portuguese. Few people even to today. So it was learning how to mimic and understand. I ran out of money like in three weeks. So when you, you know, you have to respond, I said, well, I got to do something. I didn't want to call my mother and say, hey, you know, send me some money. I want to go home, right? You don't want to call anybody. Says, well, I got to figure this out. So one of the figuring out was to start teaching English, to make money, to buy a ticket, to get out of here. Because there was a school who just wanted English speakers. I said, no, we don't want you to speak Portuguese. You'll be a better teacher if you just speak English. So that started. Through that, and through some of these Brazilians, I met, so that's the reason I came, okay? I'll turn the page. Through that group, I met a woman who is still my wife till today. So that's why I stayed, all right? Beautiful. <laughs> well, she is beautiful uh, also. But one thing leads to another. People present us to people. It's not only they present us to people. People present us to opportunities, but many times we don't see an opportunity. Sometimes we see something and it's not written, this is an opportunity for Genesis. Sometimes we don't even think of it as an opportunity. So in the midst of when I was in the cultural shock, obviously I didn't think that was a good sign being here, of not being able to understand the language, of not understanding culture, all right, of being different, all right? But one thing leads to another. My wife didn't speak English. I didn't speak Portuguese. Uh, but we ate pizza, and that was very easy. Pizza's pizza. So that was the beginning of a different relationship and of me learning more about the culture here. And then through teaching English to people, those people had company. Some of them invited me to work. And that's just been a whole long story of personal success, uh, not only in business, but in uh, raising a family, having children, uh, meeting people, merging into a culture. And today, uh, after all this time, I do consider myself a multicultural person. So I understand the, I'm an American, I understand the American way of doing things. I understand the Brazilian way of doing things. I had business relations throughout Latin America and throughout Europe all these years. So I understand how Europeans think to an extent, to other Latins, how they think. So each of these cultures, you try to bring these together. And that is what I tried to purvey. This was my strategy of what can I offer? First was teaching English. Second was teaching about business. Third was teaching about how businesses relate in a global environment. This was way before anybody talked about global anything. So my life has been that of learning, working with cultures, learning from each one of these cultures. And that's what I do today. I talk to people all over the world, in English or here in Portuguese, meet new people, have people meet me, and keep understanding cultural, cultures also evolve. All cultures evolve. Nothing is ever the same forever. So that's a little bit of Tom today. And that's brilliant because the reason why I wanted you to go back so we could dial it forward is because your back end story encompasses 
the man you are today. And what you just shared, you can hear how it was all connections. It was all exchanges. It was all networking. It was meeting people at the right time during the right season to continue to build out the book. And as the book is building, you're turning chapters over and over. And before you know it, look, 50 years have gone by. You're right. married, you had kids, you left a, you left the employer, you started new, new adventures and all of those things. That is a part of networking. And now I get a bigger glimpse of why you are called the king of networking. So who dubbed you the king of networking? Well, here in Brazil, I, in the year 2000, remember when I said I lost my job? Uh, I created a consulting company. So at that time, I found that as an executive, uh, because of the times at that time, it would be difficult for anybody to hire me, even though I had a very extensive resume. Fantastic. I said, wow, your resume. I know that. Fantastic. You can speak English, you can business everywhere. You've done all these things. Right. But nobody wanted me. And nobody would come out and say, well, that's all nice, but you're too old. Right, so ageism, ageism, that's a fact of life. But anyway, I says, what do I have to do? I made my own strategic analysis myself. And I says, wow, I got myself here. Now, what do I need to keep going? And what I and at that time in the year 2000, uh, and again, we're talking of, you know, 20 years, 21 years ago, uh, most of our listeners, I'm sure they don't even know what happened. They, they were maybe in diapers. But that was sort of the beginning of the internet, of dot-com. So in 2000, dot-com, Tom Riach, from very traditional brick-and-mortar environment of companies, the internet was out there. It was happening. It was happening in the States, and it was starting to happen in Brazil. So the dot-com thing, I says, wow, I don't know anything about that. But that seems to be interesting. So I asked a, one of my former trainees, interns, I asked her, she's a young woman, I said, Fernanda, you have to find me an internship. I want to be an intern. She says, what, you're 50 years old? I said, yes, I want you to find me a group of young persons who are starting a dot-com whatever, and I would just like to sit next to them just to look in to see what they're doing. I promise that I won't bother them. I'll try to be quiet, but I need to see what's that all about. And she did help me start with a group of seven young men who were like 22 years old, out of, a couple were out of school, others were just finishing, and they had started their dot-com company here. And so again, the relationship, persons that take you to people, what I learned, I said, I need to take the mystery out of internet, because I'm not a nerd, I'm not a technical person, I wasn't. I says, what's in there? So these young persons showed me what they were doing. I says, wow, this is interesting. The other side of the equation, those guys didn't know how to approach persons like myself and sell what they were doing. So I says, okay, I'm going to help. I want to understand what you're doing, and then I'll help you show it to old guys like me who have no idea what you're talking about. So that was our trade-off. So for six months, I sat down with them in their company, saw that happening, uh, very invigorating, because I would get up and be there like at eight in the morning, and these guys would show up at 10, 
They'd eat the acai, which is a Brazilian fruit that's very energizing. They'd come in and start eating bowls of this fruit. They'd be all Ooh, excited yummy. and everything yummy. And, and then they'd go until the afternoon. They'd go out and dance all night. They'd be having meetings till two in the morning. And everything, wow. And I said, well, I can go until maybe five, six in the afternoon. But, but that was our life. But that, again, talking about culture. And it wasn't just the Brazilian culture, it was the dot-com internet culture that was out there in the world. And that was the obsolete. So if I'm going to be obsolete, if I don't understand this, I'm going to be obsolete. I would be worthless. So becoming and understanding that, I really changed my own outlook of myself and my peers at that time. So I started, I knew things that none of the bunch of ex-executives in my relationship had any idea what even I was talking about. So if I can't explain it, these young people can't, these older guys won't understand it. And it's not only older guys. A lot of young people are obsolete in the same way. Even today, we talk about the digital transformation. It's already happened. So if you're, you need to be digitally connected, what do you need to be? The world is. So it's very hard not to be part of the world. So that's where that came from. So that was another stepping stone. I don't call that a rebirth for me. So really, I said, the past was the past. Brick and mortar was really nice. But hey, there's something else happening. And I felt very comfortable once I understood it. And that was the restart of King of Networking. So it was through that started a company, became an associate of the American Chamber of Commerce here in the city where I live. And it was through that, that chamber, that we began organizing meetings for business persons. And the first year, we had 240 companies become members. And at the end of the year, 120 left. And so the administrators came to me and said, what's happening? They made a survey, and everybody says, we didn't meet anybody. I said, well, they said you know, to me, because I'm an American, I said, well, what's happening? I said, well, Brazilians need to be physically presented to people. You have to take them by the hand and say, this is Tom, and this is Genesis. Tom is this, and Genesis is that, and would like you to meet each other, you know, in front of each other. So that would happen in, in these meetings. Says, you know, people want to. People would only go up and talk to somebody they already knew. They would go into there. these settings. Yeah, they go into the settings. They would. So if I would come in and I know Genesis and I would see Genesis, I would go over and talk to Genesis. Hey, Jen, how you doing? I already know you. And I would. I said we have to teach our members to network, and that's where that started. So I says I go into a room full of people maybe 50 people, I see 50 opportunities. Other people see the same 50, and they see 50 fear points. Wow, I don't know these people. Well, I don't either, but I want to know them. I'll go out and say, who are you, Genesis? What are you up to? Where are you from? What are the things? I And you'll tell me, I wrote a book. What's your book about? And very quickly, you'll tell me or not, all right? And, you know, hey, where, where's it published? And you'll tell me that. And I'll remember that. So Genesis, book, right? Mm -hmm. Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. Yeah, chocolate, yeah, Pizza Palace. Hey, that's yeah. good. 
And I'll remember you. I won't stay there for 30 minutes. I don't want you to read the book. But I know it's Genesis. She has a book. That's the topic. Genesis. Here's my card. You have a card. And I'd move on to somebody else. Later, I'd get in touch with you. If I thought or would hope that you would get in touch. But I wouldn't even tell you who I am or what I do. So that's what I showed people. So we need in that engagement, we're talking in a business environment. That's where we need to be. It could be a school environment. It could be a church group. We sit next to people in church, but we don't know the people three pews back. In school, there may be 100 kids in class. We don't know them. That's where it's got to start. That's where we got to register it. And so that's what I taught our members. We got to get in here. You have to go up to somebody you don't know because I can only increase my networking group through people that I don't know. And that's I, can, so- I, I can increase the trust level through people that I already know. So those are the two things. Yeah, and that's so true because sometimes it's different cultures. They operate a different way. And I kind of chuckle whenever you said in Brazil, you had to take somebody by the hand and introduce them because my dad's originally from Curaçao, but he passed away in November. And then my mom is Caribbean. So two different cultures, two different parts of the of the world. And then I'm first generation American. So I think different than some of my cousins think my aunt thinks. And then whenever there's the differences there, sometimes people shy away from the differences because you say something, but they think that you're attacking them when in actuality, you're not really attacking them. You're just giving them your vantage point, your viewpoint, but then they have to see it from your perspective and you have to see it from their perspective. So then what do you do? You have to find the common interest that both of you share and then build up and build outwards. In my opinion, that has work for me. And then networking, I keep hearing the slogan, your network is tied to your net worth. So if you want to, you know, play big and do big, how are you setting yourself up for success? And how are you setting others up for success? What does that look like? Are you mutually exchanging information, ideas, introducing one of one of the people in your network to somebody else that has something amazing that they need for their business. And you can't always say, oh, well, if I do that, then it's going to take away from me. No, because that's the wrong mindset. You have to do it and then let it go. Because when you plant those seeds in abundance, an abundant harvest is going to reap you may not be there to see that harvest personally but your children may your grandchildren may your great-grandchildren so just plant the seed because it's the right thing to do and what do you lose by introducing one of your friends to another one of your friends nothing if anything you're building that network and now you could all eat dinner break bread together (laughs) go um, drink wine or whatever because then you begin to see how the similarities are there, how there's alignment and et cetera. But if you have that, that crabs in the barrel mentality and that whiff of mentality, then you're not going to get anywhere. So they say, if you want to go far, go alone. But if you want to go further, go with somebody and multiple people. Right. So I agree with you. And and that success that came and back to the king of why they called me the king of networking. It was that point that you mentioned, uh, what I was able to do. And I developed as a process because networking is work. All right. It's work. It takes energy. You have to, but it's also a process. I believe it's a process. 
like anything, it's a process. And my process would be that I would go into me, I would meet new people very quickly, because normally in these uh, uh, business centers, you have like 30 minutes of a coffee, all right, or a cocktail before whatever the event is. So you have to be, you have to have a 30 minute process. And so I'm going into a room, I can, I want to meet five to 10 people in 30 minutes. That's my objective. So in 30 minutes, that's like three minutes. But I would go in and like I said, this is Genesis. She wrote a book, Pit, Pit to Palace. Thank you, Jen. Here's my card. Next. I could, the next person I could, or maybe the third or fourth person that I would meet, I would ask them the same thing. Well, we're doing now. Well, I'm looking for, what type of customer are you looking for? Big, small, short, whatever. Uh, no, I'm, I'm dealing with people from the Caribbean. Really? And I would come back, say, hey, I, there's a person here I want you to meet. Genesis' parents are from the Caribbean. She may not know nobody, but she may know somebody who knows somebody. And then I would take that person by the hand and bring them back, say, Genesis, this is Shirley. She's interested in the Caribbean. I wouldn't stay there to see what you talked about because I already know what you're going to say. And I know what she's going to say. So I'll put you together and you can tell each other what you're going to do. And I'd move on. And I would repeat that. And I repeat that till today. So I'm not selling, but I'm also not buying. I just want information. It's the allies. I want allies. And if I want you to be my ally, I want to be your ally. And that's the end result for me of network. If anything else comes from it, of being able to buy or sell, for me, that's secondary. So I've changed what's the primary focus, that engagement of understanding who the people are very quickly, but finding a way to follow up with those persons, to register it. And what I use, have used for years is LinkedIn. That has been my personal CRM. So I can engage with people. I can put that there. It helps me remember where I met these people. All right, engage, share things with them, share things that they're sharing with others. So that's been my mechanism in organizations, outside of organization. I talk about elevator speeches. I, that's happened to me. I've met people in elevators. In the olden days of having having business cards that would teach Brazilians, you need a card. Why do you need It's a courtesy. It's a common courtesy of exchanging information. So if I can deliver it to you, to me, later on, I created something. I would make my own tag that I would carry, and I would put the QR code, and that QR code goes right to my LinkedIn. Because many people, everybody today, everybody has a phone, and many of them know how to use it, right? Some of it. But the, the thing that I found, everybody knows how to take a picture. Almost. They don't know how to dial the number, but they take a picture. So if I have a QR code, so I'll just click on that. And then later. And that's it. That's interactivity of leaving something. I can give them a card or nobody wants to touch anymore. I say, okay, just take the picture. So those are the rules of engagement, but also the way that we can structure this for later. Where did we meet? We met on a virtual channel of oh, matching. Match. Yeah. All right. Of, of podcast hosts and guests. Something that you saw or something that I see connects people. 
And it's a virtual connection. Is that good or bad? We're talking. I think it's good. But we have to use it. And one thing I learned, because as we uh, wind down, one thing that I really learned about PodMatch is sometimes the amazing guests aren't always going to come to you. So you have to reach out to them because there are so many hosts on PodMatch and there are so many guests on PodMatch. So do your due diligence and your research and then just you know, approach somebody and say, hey, my name is Genesis. My podcast is called Gems. The mission is to educate, inspire, and motivate. I read your bio. I saw that you're doing X, Y, and Z, and I would really love for you to be a guest. And you hit send and see what they say. And if they don't respond back, then you move on. <laughs> no, it's what you said before that's valuable. Remember you talked about the first impression? Yes. That first impression could be physically that we're looking at each other. The first impression is also from what do you see in somebody's profile? If we go to LinkedIn or others, what's up there? What's on a, what, what is the headline? We don't read the story if the headline doesn't attract. If the title of the book isn't interesting, we don't open a page. Seriously, that's, not a, that's the way it is. Those are the first impressions. True. Be visual. We see a person, the title of a book the headline in a story, a picture that's on, on Instagram, whatever. And then we'll take another step. We'll take another look. All right. Behind the small, what's there? And behind the, the, the warm and bubbly, what's there? And then we see, then we start going down through the, and what you say, you, you vet the information, but there's information to vet. Same with meeting people. Someone would give me a business card. I would check and try to remember that. This is the name of the person. This is a company. This is what they do. And this is where it's located. If I would put that in my LinkedIn, I could follow up. So our profiles, we're talking about Podmatch or other similar types. Same thing. It's what's up front. What do you say that's going to attract people? Sometimes it'll attract people in different ways. Today, when people find me, before we're talking about the dot-com days, I'd say, well, how did you find me? And that time it could be what was on internet. That was pretty vague, right? Today I ask, what were you looking for when you found me? Nobody's looking for Tom Reoch. They may be looking for the king of networking, networking in Brazil. Networking on podcast, podcast host, podcast guest, multicultural, global. These are the things that people are searching. Diversity, all right? These are the words that are, that are out there. <clears throat> That's how people are searching today. More importantly, this is for you. What we do as podcast hosts, we are today generating voice searchable content voice searchable content because the younger generation doesn't input anything they talk they want pepperoni pizza right i want to read a good book that's what they're, they're saying they, they don't use they don't do that yes very very true and um i'm gonna say one last thing before we wind down um so, Tom, it's so funny that you say that because whenever I was 
looking at my nephew and he's eight and I have quite a bit of nieces and nephews and he's talking into the remote he said YouTube play this and I'm like what are you doing and I and then I was like oh my gosh and so I for that for a minute I felt like you old and obsolete and I'm like I'm not old and then he's like well you're obsolete because (laughs) that's how it works in the States, everybody has Alexa or these other things, right? Yeah. And I say to people here, I said, American gets up in the morning, they start talking to the refrigerator. And they laugh. I said, but it's true. They talk to the air conditioning, they turn on the lights, whatever. Open the door. That's it. So if we don't come out, and I'm saying that Tom and Genesis and everybody who's listening, make a voice search for your name. See if you pop up. You may not exist. That may be difficult, but we need to generate voice searchable content because so mine is king of networking and Portuguese hey to networking. I want that out there. Who's the king of networking? Somebody, someday somebody's going to say king of networking and they have to find me. They have to find me. I hope that they'll find me. But if I don't work towards that, it won't happen. And I love that. And thank you for teaching me that because I'm going to pen that down and look that up later. But before we go, Tom, I definitely want you to tell the listeners once again who you are, how they can connect with you on social media and plug any other information. Well, the best way is finding me is LinkedIn. And it's Tom Reoc, T-O-M. And the last name is R-E-A-O-C-H. One of the few names, it's Scottish origin, but three vowels together, and most people think it's wrong, but it's right. It's R-E-A-O-C-H. You'll find me. If you want to put King of Networking Brazil, Brazil with a Z, you might find me as well. But And you won't really have to look for it. Now you can look to Genesis Podcast, and through that, you'll find me, I'm sure. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard the king of networking, Tom Riach. Go check him out on LinkedIn and plug into all the incredible things that he's doing. And until we chat next time, I love to sign out with saying peace, love, and lots of blessings. Go out and have yourself a wonderful day because you are wonderful and you are a masterpiece. Don't wait for tomorrow what you can do today. Take action now and build a better future. Thank you very much.